History of Persia is a Hopful Media podcast production. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a History of Persia podcast announcement. Before I get into things, I'll apologize up front for any more background noise than usual. It is negative 4 Fahrenheit. That's negative 20 for the rest of the world's less precise but more logically structured system. I will not be turning off my space heater. Well, uh... I did not know I was going to be doing this, but here we are. Now, if you're following along from the last announcement episode, you may be thinking, this guy's a complete liar. He said there'd be a regular schedule and then went dark for another month. And you're right. That's exactly what happened. But there is a reason. If you listen to the ads, then you know that History of Persia is hosted by a service called Anchor. Except it isn't anymore. I was recently approached by the folks over at Red Circle, another podcast hosting service, with a very good deal. The details are mostly a bunch of stuff about statistics and finances that aren't really important on your end as listeners. But the simple explanation for why there hasn't been an episode, is that I had to hold off while all of the podcast data was transferred to the new server. However, this does mean a few things for all of you at home. For one, all of this happened in the first place because History of Persia grew quite a lot in the last year. We haven't reached my 250 patron goal yet, but we're actually pretty close to doubling the number of regular listeners from back when I started that goal. That is part of why Red Circle reached out. And hitting that goal, 
or at least getting near enough, means that 2023 will see a return to the weekly episode format. Terms and conditions may apply, etc., etc., but I do need to keep up with that for Red Circle, at least in this first year. So good news. Red Circle also provides way better non-Patreon financial support. There will be a new option to subscribe to the same bonus episodes I post on Patreon through Red Circle that should be up and running sometime in mid-January 2023, and also an option for one-time payments. That option will be replacing the one-time support option that goes directly through historyofpersiapodcast.com. The links will be in the same place, but they will redirect to Red Circle instead of opening a pop-up in the same web page. There's also monthly subscriptions without bonus content. Frankly, I don't know why you would do that, but some of you do. Speaking of that, directly to Arman, Mark, Naim, and Becky, as I understand it, your Anchor subscriptions should keep working and paying out, but strictly speaking, I'm not hosting content on that site anymore. But I am hosting content on YouTube now. Or at least I will sometime over the holidays. Red Circle automates the process, but it's not completely obvious to me when all of that will start posting to the channel. For anybody who likes to listen to podcasts on YouTube, or if you've ever wanted to suggest YouTube as a place to find History of Persia, you will find me there as, what else? History of Persia, at History of Persia. There will be a link in the episode description. Now, here's the thing. YouTube is run by one of the internet's most famous, dreaded, and evil algorithms. So I have a request for all of you as my beautiful, wonderful listeners. Please, please, please head over to YouTube to subscribe to History of Persia, like as many of the episodes as you can when they start populating, and maybe even listen to a few of them. Basically, please help me get a head start on the YouTube algorithm and push this podcast into new people's feeds. That has the potential to be a really useful way to spread the word about ancient Persia, but only if I get early traction. In short, please help me out by going over to YouTube and doing the YouTube stuff. Look forward to new episodes, especially with some catch-up at the beginning of the year, and keep an eye out for new features that will come through Red Circle. Also part of this new deal, you'll notice a bit of a change with ads in the coming weeks. This will take a moment to get up and running, so you won't notice immediately. Every episode will run with two ad slots before the opening music. Sometimes that will be two ads, sometimes an ad and a preview for another podcast, sometimes an ad and an announcement from me, and occasionally it might just be an ad and me making a parody ad related to ancient Persia. Their system is just a lot more flexible and fun in the way that I can use it. There will also be more mid-episode ad breaks, which isn't my personal preference, but it is part of the plan for now. 
Plus, when we move past the Achaemenids, an intermission of sorts will fit in and maybe be kind of necessary for the new episode structure, as I try to keep up with the utter chaos of the Hellenistic period. I also have a totally unrelated announcement with some good news. Asha, of the Sword, Sorcery, and Socialism podcast, has graciously come on board as the editor for History of Persia. This means two things. One, I won't be editing every episode myself. And two, I don't have to do my least favorite part of the process, which makes producing this show a lot more fun for me. And being more fun for me means way more motivation to get episodes moving. Ironically, Asha didn't edit this episode because I had to get it out with short notice. But she already has my whole backlog. This is probably the most exciting behind-the-scenes development of them all. If the not-so-secret political undertones of genre fiction sounds like something that would interest you, go check out Sword, Sorcery, and Socialism, where Asha and her co-host Ketho talk about just that. Links in the usual place. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. With all of that out of the way, I've been talking to you about the state of the podcast and how I make money. So as always, it's time to talk about how ancient people made money. In the past, that meant literally minting coins and talking about the currency of the Achaemenid world. There's just one small problem. I don't have any more coins to talk about. We've done the Cresids. Sigloi, Darix, the silver coinage of the imperial periphery, and the coins of classical Greece. There's nothing to add until we get some regime change. Which would have been great, but I didn't plan on needing another announcement episode so soon. So I've pulled a section from an episode that I had planned for this spring and restructured it. Nine times out of ten... Any book on the Achaemenid Empire will explain how currency wasn't widely used in the Imperial Heartland for most of the Achaemenid history. This is the tenth time. Kinda. Bizarrely, I'm actually talking about the conclusions of a paper by Dr. Paul Naster from 1970, which were just never widely adopted or considered by Achaemenid studies more generally. 
In fact, Dr. Nastor's paper fell so far by the wayside that the same conclusions made headlines in the Tehran Times and several online history and archaeology magazines when they were independently suggested again by Soheli Delshad, an Iranian archaeologist in 2021. We're actually flipping back in time from the narrative here, all the way back to the period of the Persepolis Archive Tablets, specifically under Darius the Great and Xerxes the One That Matters. The vast, vast majority of the Persepolis Archive Tablets only show workers receiving payment in kind. You lay stone or plaster a wall at Persepolis, you get some grain and wine. You tend the herds for Queen Artistine, you get some grain and wine. You ship building materials from Persepolis to Teoke. You get the idea. However, Nastor and Delshad's studies focus on a smaller collection of 33 tablets, mostly from the treasury archive dating to Xerxes' reign. Like most of the Persepolis tablets, these are administrative records detailing the rations and payment distributed to laborers known as Kurtosh. Also like most of the other tablets, this set is written in Elamite. Generally speaking, there is nothing about them that should garner any more attention or interest than thousands of other tablets. However, these records do have something unusual. Between one-third and one-half of the payment for some 1,348 people was paid in silver, while the remainder was the usual in-kind methods. This seems to have been especially common for stonemasons and plasterers, though it may just be that those were the primary construction jobs still going on in the palace complex by Xerxes' time. More interestingly, these payments were given in small amounts of silver, measured by weight, some as small as one-eighteenth of a shekel, or less than half a gram. As we've seen with Greek mercenaries, who were being paid significantly more, this payment was probably distributed when the laborers earned enough to be paid in a more practical piece of silver that could be handled without tweezers. It's really not all that different from a modern paycheck. Then again, some Greek cities minted coins that were even smaller, so who knows. Now the real interesting thing about these payments in silver is that they start appearing abruptly in 493 BCE, just at the end of the Ionian Revolt when Darius significantly increased the production of Persian sigloi in Anatolia. Then... Payment in silver became more and more common over the following decades, just as coinage became more common at the periphery. Paul Nastor hypothesized that this was not a coincidence, but rather a deliberate attempt to begin transitioning the Persian imperial core to a currency economy by circulating coins or coin-like hack silver in the royal workforce. Though Nastor and Delshad do not mention it, I also think it is interesting to note that 493 coincides with an influx of Greek deportees and prisoners into southern Iran, where they were employed at Persepolis before being resettled in the surrounding areas. 
Both scholars acknowledge that the surviving tablets only record silver payments by weight, rather than addressing them as currency. But both also entertain the possibility that the shekels of the Persepolis tablets could have been a form of minted coins or tokens on a slightly different weight standard than the usual sigloi. The problem with that suggestion is that there is no evidence at all for the existence of these coins or a mint to produce them. From Greece to Afghanistan, the only Persian coins ever found are regular old Dariks and Sigloi. No source so much as hints at the existence of a mint in Persepolis or Susa during the Achaemenid period. Unfortunately for sensationalist headline writers everywhere, all of the historical evidence outside of these specific tablets supports the traditional interpretation that coinage didn't really seep into the core until the mid-4th century. However, they do point to a trend that we've discussed in announcement episodes past. Coins did gradually spread into the core provinces, but were primarily traded for raw metal value, assessed by weight. By the end of the 5th century, precious metals had displaced grain and other commodities as the preferred method of payment in Babylonia and the surrounding regions. These tablets from the mid-5th century reflect the early stages of that development with a mixture of in-kind commodities and precious metal payments. That is probably why Paul Naster's 1970 Were the Labors of Persepolis Paid by Means of Coined Money article never gained academic traction. It's an interesting idea, but there's not enough evidence to support it. Even the tablets that Naster studied only vaguely hint at the possibility. So why did this idea gain renewed traction 50 years later? Well, the tablets in question were part of a high-profile repatriation of artifacts to Iran in 2018, marking the first time Iranian scholars had a chance to review them independently since they were first excavated in the 1930s. I do want to be clear about something. Unlike so, so many artifacts all across the world, this wasn't blatant colonial looting. The 1930s were a brief high point for Iranian independence from Western powers. And the United States at the time had very minimal influence there at all. The University of Chicago worked in close contact with the still-young Pahlavi regime at the time, before taking the tablets home where there were actual Elamite specialists to translate and analyze the tablets. Unfortunately, university departments aren't static, and much of the translation efforts slowed down in the mid-20th century, just as the Islamic Republic came to power. This greatly delayed the tentatively planned repatriation of translated and analyzed archive tablets. In the last 20 years, the Persepolis archives have received more attention, and the last decade has seen a renewed effort to resume repatriation efforts. 
If you follow archaeological news or Iranian-American relations, you may remember this. The U.S. government tried to seize hundreds of tablets as supposed payment for Iranian debts incurred under the U.S.-led sanctions campaign against the Islamic Republic. Despite the fact that this wasn't even the first time the University of Chicago had returned a set of the tablets. Luckily, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Iran's favor, and the tablets made their way to Tehran, where scholars like Soheli Delshad began to study them. Much like Nastar in the 1970s, Delshad noticed the sudden appearance of silver payments coinciding with the introduction of the Siglos in the late 490s, and proposed that the Persepolis administration began issuing payments in coin. Unfortunately, no more evidence has emerged in the intervening half-century to support that proposal any more than Nastar's version. That's all for now. A new episode will hopefully be out with more well on their way. Until then, if you want more information about this podcast, go to historyofpersiapodcast.com. That's where you'll find things like my bio, the bibliography, podcast merchandise, and the Achaemenid family tree. You'll also find the support page where you can help out this project financially. That includes one-time donations, affiliate links, and most importantly, Patreon, also found at patreon.com historyofpersia. Patreon offers a monthly subscription where you get access to things like bonus episodes, merchandise, discounts, ad-free listening, and reading recommendations. Subscription tiers range from just $1 to $20 and do a lot to keep the lights on. You don't have to spend money to support me, though. You can also do that by leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice, and most importantly of all, telling other people to listen. Independent podcasts live or die by word of mouth, so tell your friends, tell your family, and share on social media. You can find me at History of Persia on Twitter, or History of Persia Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until the next time, thank you all so much for listening to History of Persia. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.